Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am an elder at the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And for this episode today, we're going to talk about a potpourri of spiritual matters. And we're going to begin with Trapped But Not Bound. Several years ago, I had the wonderful opportunity to go to a nursing home every Saturday morning with a group of fellow Christians and sing, pray, and study God's Word together with a number of the people who lived there. One Saturday, we were studying in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. Our particular focus was upon Paul and Silas being imprisoned in the city of Philippi. Verses 22 and 25 of Acts 16 tells us, And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, after receiving such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. As we examine that passage in the situation in which Paul and Silas found themselves, I simply made the point that their actions served to illustrate the fact that as children of God, we can have joy no matter what our circumstances might be. Looking at the crowd of residents who had gathered together that morning to study with us, I noticed one older woman in particular. She was bent over, obviously unable to straighten her body, and actually tied into the wheelchair to keep her from falling out. She could barely lift her head. Yet when I mentioned that circumstances do not control the true joy of a Christian, that lady smiled and nodded her head as best she could. As I looked at that woman, I could not help but to compare her with Paul and Silas. Those two great men of God had their feet made fast in the stocks. They were trapped as men in the inner prison, but their souls and the spirits were not and could not be bound. Here was this older woman, trapped in a wheelchair by a body that would no longer function as it used to. I thought of her childhood and the way I imagined that she used to run and play with the wind blowing through her hair. I thought of her as a young woman, beautiful to look at and so full of promise. Perhaps she had married and raised children, I really did not know. But now her time was drawing near and all of those physical things that she used to do, her body would not permit her to engage in any more. She was trapped, but not bound. Nursing homes are paradoxical to me. I've spent so much time in them over the years and have witnessed some of the saddest scenes I could ever imagine. At the same time, I have learned such wonderful lessons about what it means to have our citizenship in heaven and have our souls anchored there. So many other older brothers and sisters in Christ, trapped in bodies that just would not function properly, 
have held my hand, smiled, and helped me to understand just exactly what Paul meant when he wrote, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That's Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. Though whatever happens to our bodies, whether it be accident, sickness, or just the accumulative effects of age, may trap us physically, the spirits of faithful Christians cannot be bound. Now I'd like to talk to you about choices and decisions. We all face them and make them every day. Some are of little importance, and whatever we decide is of no real consequence. For instance, what am I going to have for breakfast or lunch? What clothes should I wear today, as long as they are appropriate for one seeking to serve God? And so on. All are choices and decisions that we must make. However, what we choose concerning such matters makes very little difference. They're not decisions concerning right or wrong. They are choices concerning preferences. There are times in our lives when we are called upon to make a choice that can have eternal consequences. When we are called upon to decide between what is right and what is wrong. I'm reminded of the choice that Joshua called upon the children of Israel to make after the conquest of the land of Canaan had been completed. In Joshua 24, verses 14 through 15, we find Joshua saying, Now therefore fear the Lord, and serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in the land in, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Who can forget the stirring words of Elijah and the decision that he called for as he stood on Mount Carmel and asked the children of Israel the following, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. That's 1 Kings 18 and verse 21. Doesn't it seem that we usually think of the big things, the big decisions, if we think of choices in the terms of eternity at all? Will I be a Christian? Now that's a big one. Whom will I marry? That's a big one in terms of eternity because our spouse has a tremendous influence on our lives. But what about the seemingly little things? What movie am I going to watch? It may seem so small, but maybe it will be a choice between right and wrong. Would God be pleased with my sitting there looking at and listening to what I have decided to make my entertainment choice? Maybe there's a magazine I would like to buy, but does it promote worldliness and ungodly people? That is a question between right and wrong, and it makes it a question of eternal consequence. Perhaps it would be good for us to be much more careful in the choices and the decisions that we make. It may very well be that decisions we make in a rather off-handed manner can be of greater consequence than we thought. It is possible that some choices that we give very little thought to can, upon closer analysis, prove to be a choice between what is right and what is wrong. And I'd like to wrap up with silence is sometimes golden. Solomon gave tremendous words to live by in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 2. He wrote, Do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God. For God is in heaven and you are on the earth. Therefore, 
Let your words be few. I believe that Solomon was telling us to think before we speak. Why am I about to say what I'm about to say? It doesn't mean that everything we say has to be profound and of great significance. It doesn't mean that there can be no general conversation. But it does mean that I need to think before I speak. It does mean that every word that comes out of my mouth needs to be a good word, a word that is wholesome in con content and design. It does mean that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment, as Jesus said in Matthew 12 and verse 36. It has taken me a long time to learn, and I'm still learning, that sometimes the best thing I can do is just keep my mouth shut. That's hard for me to do because if I didn't like talking, I wouldn't have been a preacher. But I can think of a lot of times when I just need to be quiet. For instance, if I'm going to talk without thought just to hear the sound of my voice, then I need to keep quiet. If I'm about to say something mean, then I need to keep quiet. If I'm about to seek to answer a Bible question when I really don't know the answer, I need to be quiet. If I'm about to take a shot at somebody by my words, I just need to be quiet. If I'm about to engage in spreading something that I know about someone else, it's time to keep my mouth shut. If I'm about to say something that is not true, I need to keep my mouth shut. If I'm losing my temper, I need to be quiet. We could probably all go on and on and on listing times when we know the right thing to do is just simply to be quiet. Don't be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God. For God is in heaven and you are on the earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Think about these things and thanks for listening.